0: Cortland here. I'm trying something new where I occasionally feature other indie hackers podcasts. This one is called Run With It. It features two hosts, Chris and Ethan, who bring on guests to help troubleshoot their business problems and spitball on new ideas. If you enjoy the show, do me a favor, search for Run With It in your podcast player and subscribe.
1: Welcome to Run With It, where we bring you business ideas from proven founders. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. We're your hosts, Chris, Justin, and
0: Ethan Janney. And on today's episode, we have Alessandro Pepe and Lindsey Gabbard. Alessandro has done it all, documentaries, theater, opened multiple wine bars in Dublin, then returned back to Rome and ultimately was the mastermind behind remessa Rascioli, a wine bar and restaurant in rome and that and created the Rascioli wine club and community.wine and Lindsay came to italy five years ago when she was studying wine in the us Uh, she came to remessa Rascioli to do Alessandro's wine tasting left in awe felt fell in love and ever since did a u-turn to get back she now is a partner in the business and manages the Rascioli Wine Club, along with partners Alessandro and Mattia. But welcome to the show, folks. Wow. I hope I pronounced everything right. I was like, in the middle of that, I was like, oh yeah, it's Italian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rascioli,
0: see? I'm an, Thank I'm you fool. for that
1: correction. <laughs> uh, so I think that it's really important for us to start out by acknowledging that this is a first for the episode we've got some wine that we are going to be sampling here throughout the conversation. This is going to be fun. Uh, it's five 30 yeah. over there. It's a little bit more respectable for you guys to be drinking than 10 30 AM. Pre
0: noon here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am. Uh, I wish that I could be sampling some racioli wine, but right now I've got yellow tail. So don't 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 kill me for that. I can see Alessandro's face is just it's like one of my favorite jokes
2: during my tastings about yellowtail. You've, <laughs> You've got to tell it now. I used to start my tasting. Welcome to everyone. Doesn't really matter if you're not a wine expert. Whatever you like, you you know. Even if you drink yellowtail, I'm sorry for you, but you can be here. That's what I. I that's when... that's my starting line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will say that I. Typically, drink better than Yellowtail. Not to throw my mother-in-law out of the bus, but I am at her place, and this is what I've got. So
2: that's uh, oh, this that's is what a perfect example. of why? What is actually our goal? You were asking about what is our mission, and you know to help uh, people like you stop drinking that stuff. You know? <laughs> nice. Really mission, nice. and I was sent by Dionysus, which is actually one of the oldest god. <laughs> Uh, registered in the mythology you know and i think i'm the prophet that is spreading the word about you know stop uh, drinking industrial wine and getting back to using wine as a cultural vehicle and uh, that is the main issue of Rimessa rochelle and uh, that is the main issue of our wine club <laughs>
0: i would love to try to get the mic sound of me pouring my it. wine
1: Yeah, Ethan's got
2: his full
0: bottle
1: going there. Yeah, it definitely is. So yeah, Noble Mission. We will get into that. I want to frame this up for the listener. This episode is a little bit different. Normally, we interview business owners and ask them to share a new business idea that they have. Occasionally, this is the second time that I believe that we're doing this, we will dive into an existing business and try and unpack it in terms of uh, growth opportunities and things that we can do uh, to help existing successful business owners get more customers and, and grow and achieve the goals that they're seeking. So Lindsay and Alessandra, you are so generous to be able to show us inside your business. And you're going to be so generous to do that. And we're going to kick around some ideas with you to help the wine club and the community that you've got grow. It would be really helpful to frame this in terms of the impact of the pandemic. You have a very well-known restaurant in Rome, I imagine, that has lost a good bit of business. Just how, how deeply has the, the pandemic affected you and in what ways in terms of revenue and employees and everything like that?
3: I, I wanted to just say one thing really quickly. Being American and living in Italy, the first thing that really, really shocked me was how quick Italians are to come together when, it, you know, when a pandemic happens. So you know the, the first thing I feel like to think of in the U.S. is, okay, we've got to cut costs. Here it was, how do we save the employees? It was a completely different shift. And really we have 27 employees that we have to personally, 30 now actually we've hired, <laughs> we've hired a few actually even during the pandemic, which doesn't ever usually happen. But uh, that was the first uh, issue we had was how do we save the entire team? If they were to leave, you know, or we were to let them go, where would they go? There was nowhere. So it, it was immediately the mission was to save everybody. And that's where we got the idea to really start to working on uh, one.
1: You two are obviously very positive, which is <laughs> it must be a testament to. You or uh, a reflection of your success there, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into the the low part that you were facing. And it would be great if you don't mind sharing some. Well, uh, you want to hear something some, Did you lose when did you you cry? Know, 60% when did you of your cry? revenue?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that, you know, the main issue was a psychological and sociological issue, uh, psychosociological, and uh, uh, it is about dealing with all my employees and speaking with them and trying to maintain uh, a decent uh, amount of rationality. Uh, we've lost, uh, bro. I think um, six hundred thousand, probably seven hundred thousand dollars. Probably, we, we didn't gain it. But uh, but the, the, the good news is, uh, I am a rich uh, entrepreneur that has no money. Uh, I never have money <laughs> in my pocket. I mean, my bank account never have more. Never has more than five hundred dollars. Never. No matter if I gain twenty thousand dollars a month or five hundred. So there was no I I didn't hear any feel any difference. I don't have a car, I don't have a Ferrari, I don't buy I always all my money is to offer people drink and, and buy books and, and buy books and travel. That's it. And I reinvest all my money. <laughs> so I'm free. I don't want I this is a, and I can some week somehow became kind of rich only in the last two, three years. So I was not even used to it you know i, I remember one of the first tasting i did i don't remember what was the name he was the he was on the board of facebook uh, uh in 2006 and he was the one that started zuckerberg to build up facebook i think he's a billionaire right now and he said i became billionaire like in in 5 weeks he said uh, and and then he said i don't know what to do i still want i to go to the hotel i still watch wash my my socks in the sink because i don't want to spend the money <laughs>
3: so, but they want so,
2: that's funny
3: well, if you want the real numbers also uh business i would say is down for is probably down about 60% for us
2: 70 Seven, 65, 65 65% 65 We used to do $200,000 a month and now we are now well, actually now we're going back, like we're going around 900, 90,000.
3: That's the restaurant mainly that we're speaking.
2: That's to. the restaurant. Wine Club is doing quite well, right. but we used to grow. We were 400 members in September last year, and at the end of the year, we weighed 800 members. And now we're, we gain only 100 members in the last year. So we were you know, projecting to go to 3,000, 4,000 members, 5,000 members, and boom, everything was blocked. And now I said, why don't we invest all our energy to understand this strange ocean of shit that is social media. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're trying to understand how do we you know, make virtual our uh, real experience. I-
0: I'm going to throw in my, our first little kind of yeah. mind shift here, I think. Interesting. Because uh, you said your idea is how do you make your kind of live wine experience virtual, right? That's yeah. something you're aiming for.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that that's a really great aspiration because you probably have such a great live experience but one thing that we can talk about and think about t- today what i've noticed is some of the online projects that i've done it's more it's less about making it more like the live experience and more about taking advantage of the non-live experience you know so for example i do some master classes online uh in the piano industry where people learn how to fix pianos take care of pianos right And of course, it's easy to think, well, I need to go apprentice with someone and sit there right next to them in person and learn from them or take a class where I get to sit in the same room with them. But now we found there's interesting advantages to having a remote learning. You can rewatch something instead of having to pay attention exactly live and take notes on what's happening. You can get a closer look at things if you're in a a group of people and uh, you're trying to learn uh, from one person and you're all in the same room, really only one or two people get an upfront seat. Whereas if you've got a video camera upfront, everybody's watching from a distance, you can see things. So those are advantages of doing things remotely in that particular project. And in addition, I'm not saying not to think about ways to do things live uh, or to bring that live experience to to the web, but also think about, oh, what are now the advantages that we have? One of them, of course, is just the access global access all of a sudden you have which i think is amazing
3: yeah really the biggest sorry to interrupt <laughs> you i just want to kind of throw that in there really the like we were saying before the biggest issue is that of course our 3d experience uh was extremely memorable for people they were traveling we we speak about wine in quite a different way than your typical sommelier does and so when people leave their minds are open i mean for me i literally like i said did a u-turn and came right back uh, to Italy because of this place, because to me, it spoke to me, it spoke to the deep of my heart uh, and what I cared about with wine, which was kind of going beyond the bottle. Uh, but yeah, really trying to take what we have. We're starting to do a bit more with videos. I'm practicing because for me, I'm not as good at this. Uh, but we're starting to try to use more videos to try to bring this, you know, bring the 3d experience a bit more virtually, but that's definitely the issue is that, you know, our signups for the wine club, of course, will be lower. For the mere fact that we don't have we don't have visitors uh, in our restaurant at the moment,
1: I think we'll start peppering in some suggestions for things that you can do, but before we get to that, it would be helpful to uh, to describe what you've tried so far in a little bit greater detail uh, so just to reiterate, you have two main online businesses or online aspects to your business this is the wine club uh, which is doing a decent amount of revenue and you've been able to uh, to stave off some of the the uh, issues that you face with the, the restaurant via the wine club. And then community.wine, it's an online educational platform for people to learn more about wine. So those so are the two assets that you have that you're looking to leverage more to, to make up for lost ev- revenue through the mm-hmm. restaurant. Exactly, yeah.
0: In terms of getting those things started, was there anything else that you tried and, and you decided to toss it to the side or any other ideas that...
2: I think we did everything. We did Everything... Possibly, we did. We 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 did We did live uh, art auction. We did uh, tastings all over the world. We went came to New York, uh, to San Francisco. After after that, in these three months, uh, we did five streamings in Langhe uh, within the Barolo area with five different winemakers. Uh, we created a group of seven eight people to make a kind of a think tank. We started to study neuromartic neuroscience and neuromartic in digital marketing philosophy misbehaving from richard thaler we uh, had the idea of, uh, of creating a wine school here at the restaurant directly with streaming of this wine school uh, we're promoting the wine club also in Italy, which is kind of a strange thing because italians they don't even know what is a wine club uh, we are trying to create a virtual um, we are thinking about uh, involving wine students and uh, young sommeliers, especially restaurants at the moment are not working hard. They are not working for the COVID. It's about why don't you train your team with us? So why don't you train your team and so that your staff can learn about wine in this easy, efficient, communicative way? Because our way of teaching wine is the opposite, upside down, what they do in Corto Massa Master Sommelier, Set Italian Sommelier Association all these schools they teach you how to you know all the technical and scientific part of the wine based on the concept that there is actually a predetermined idea of taste which is not there is nothing more fluid and empiric the wine and the main issue is about that there is no point to learn everything about wine and when you have two minutes at the table to speak with a customer that usually drink yellowtail i'm joking but <laughs> <that's more. laughs> so Cheers. the main issue is about what do you have to learn as a sommelier as a waiter You have to learn, you know, the few things that that are actually related with stories, but not just because they're more entertaining, because they are actually the meaning of wine is not its technical data. So that's the thing. It's about I was thinking about this beautiful future in which I was able to get to four or five thousand members, which means becoming the first. At the moment, I am surely the first. We are the first peer to peer wine exporter of Italy maybe the second or fourth, I think we are the first right now. But if we get to 5,000 members, it means that that we can coordinate the majority of artisan wine of Italy. And Italy is the first, the biggest uh, wine producer in the world, with France sometimes and so on. So it means that with not a lot of, you know, with a business that is four or five thousand, four or five million dollars, you technically are directing a business that is, billion of dollars because that's how wine works. I'll
3: we'll share the story of uh, Salos, how it worked with- well, For example,
2: for example, champagne. Okay, champagne is uh, uh, 305 million bottles. But who directs the market of champagne? There used to be one, two players, Moet Tennessee, Louis Vuitton, Moet Tennessee, and a few others. i are talking about Bollinger, but not really Bollinger because it's actually James Bond, but it's Belle Clicot, Dom Perignon, and a few others. At the end of the 80s, a guy called Selos started to do a specific artisan type of champagne. There used to be a lot of artisan, beautiful champagne, but nobody knew about them. You have to go in a, in a, in a little you know, fancy Michelin restaurant to find those champagne. You don't know it. You don't know this, this type of champagne. If you drink Yellowtail, you don't know. I'm going back to that. But I'm gonna use you as an example. Okay, thank you for <laughs> supporting this. So We have a big ambition. Think about Napa Valley. Napa Valley, 99% of Napa Valley wine production is mainly made in the cellar. What does that mean? That you could actually make that wine no matter where the grape come from. Why? Because they overripe and they use a lot of oak. Guess what? Napa Valley is probably one of the best wine regions in the world for climate and soil and it makes no sense why they do that because it's easier because that's the market you know you're used to that kind of napa and if you go to Matthias and if you go to Arno Roberts or like Kaplinger they are just a little lost beautiful winemaker they have you know they make astonishing terroir wines I'm, i'm i'm joking about yellowtail but what's the problem of yellowtail yellowtail it doesn't taste of the soil doesn't taste of the land it tastes of the smart of the enologist that in the cellar is able to put some powder in it. So it's like a beverage that tastes like wine. Maybe it's beautiful, but it's the Coca-Cola. I call it the chicken McNuggets of wine. You know, there's that type of wine and it tastes always the same, which the beauty of wine that it makes you travel with your palate. So creating a community of these small artisan is about creating a sort of a geography of flavors. The specific tactic uh, that I think that
1: just, you pretty much did it here is, uh, you know, Italian winemaker explains why you should never drink yellowtail. You can record a video with that just your rant, right? That could that's something that has potential to go viral, not guaranteed, but if it does, if you want to learn how to appreciate wine that's better than yellowtail, go to community. And we'll teach you what you need to, to appreciate. You can record that it'd be a two-minute video, right? It'd be entertaining for Americans because we you have the accent, the passion is there. And also to someone I Drank a decent amount of wine in my life, but, and I can tell I don't like this as much as other wines that I've had, but I can't tell you why. I can say that it's a little bitter. It makes my stomach a little upset drinking Yellowtail, but, but I don't really know why. I can't pinpoint it. And if you can make it so that I feel smarter and I can explain to people, oh, Yellowtail is no good because this, this, and this, and you can explain that to me in two minutes, you've got me hooked. That I'm going to start saying, oh, this is, you know, it's not just this hoity-toity thing to become a small yay. I'm going to have to take hours and hours of classes. You've provided that value in two minutes for me, as I said. One, one
3: other big challenge I should mention uh, was, you know, the fact that our community wine project is it's set up to be a global type of a project. It started mainly with Italians and Americans, simply because those are kind of our two, or, you know, bigger markets. Uh, and so the the common language was English, but Having a double language uh, is a bit of a challenge for us because right now we are not using multi-language on the site for the mere fact that Buddy, brought, Buddy Press, the platform we use, has one glitch in which, like I said, the answers uh, for our quizzes cannot be done in both languages. So that's really a, something that we're, we're struggling with because the Italians think it's all in English, the uh, Americans think it's all in Italian, and that's, I think, partially something where we're, we need to kind of get over that obstacle and... To really move forward properly uh, where users feel comfortable and safe where they are, where they understand. I think we suffer from uh, a lack of rationality sometimes as well, which can We suffer more with the American market for that fact. If we go too rational, though, we start to lose the Italian market and so Finding the way to navigate through that challenge <laughs> is one of our crazy. biggest ones.
2: Do you think Italians are irrational? No. From <laughs> well, my point of view, I don't think U.S. Are, Americans are really irrational. No, we're probably. Yeah. <laughs> After COVID, I don't think Italians are more irrational than Americans. But anyway, this is my just. <laughs>
0: Alessandra, Alessandra, calm down. You're getting irrational. Come on.
3: (laughs) You know, in terms of other things we've tried, uh, mainly we are using our MailChimp list uh, as our main marketing source. We have not really ever invested much in Facebook ads and in uh, any type of ads with Google or anything, simply because we've never really had great results. Uh, I don't know if it wasn't good marketing people before, but, you know, the idea of just throwing a ton of money at that we're kind of cautious before we, we go down that road, but that's something we really haven't explored properly. Our main thing is we are kind of working on the more of the Seth Godin technique, which is finding your tribes. So we know who our tribes are. They're wine students, they're, res- you know, they're uh, restaurant owners, they're sommeliers, wine passionates. And so we we need to, I think, start to utilize our tribes more and utilize our current members and people like this more to help us spread the word.
0: One thing I'll throw in there just that's been interesting you know the the boat. I don't think the boat is completely left on this, just because we're still dealing with the pandemic and quarantine. Anything that you can do to support uh, individuals that are in the same situation, right? Of of kind of um, you know, folks that are sommeliers or restaurant owners or, or whatnot, and they're trying to figure out, hey, what do we do right now? Mm-hmm. And just getting them together, maybe bringing bringing them experts or people who seem to have some things to talk about on the topic. That's an interesting way to go with that, trying to commu- create that community, I think well,
1: you had mentioned that that one of the opportunities that you talked about is uh for restaurants that are unders- underserved right now, having their sommeliers come and help with your platform a little bit so it it sounds like you're you're trying that out regarding the dual language challenge that to me seems like an almost trivial technical solution uh, like if you could i don't know throw. Throw $5,000 at it. Something. It's not going to be a crazy amount of money to to solve that and just create videos in, in both Italian and in English. Uh, maybe that's not a perfect solution right now, but at least you can see which market it takes off with more. I don't know how many videos that you have in your platform, but as you're describing creating content that's in between the two, you you're right now you're for no one because the Italians don't want you because you're not Italian enough and the Americans don't want you because... You're too irrational. <laughs> so if you can z- separate it and create create both pieces, you may find one that's a winner and you get to focus on that more down the line, but uh, definitely don't want to be in the middle where people can say, no, you're not for me. Where both camps can say, no, you're not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's definitely a trend of kind of niching down as far as possible and, and reaching a, a specific market. So, you know, right now you have community.wine, I don't think you could get this domain, but it's not it's not whatever community is in, in Italian dot right? I mean it's it's community. And you could you could focus on an English English market, English speaking market, and let Italians that can understand it and participate go ahead and do that. But by focusing in on a market that you know is very clear, and maybe even you know, even beyond just an American market, a specific type of American, right? Whether it's you know, you could even go as deep as: is it restaurant owners or is it sommeliers? You know, we made
2: a job offer for a chief marketing officer. We had, at the moment, four hundred and fifty requests of people uh, because we need a guy or a, a or a woman or uh, that. You know, give us a strategy to all the things we do.
3: We we are still trying to figure out the way to get the out. We know that we need to work with people that are close to us and start there and let the idea spread. But a a way to kind of grow our uh, our email base and our I mean, we have our of course we can find our own friends' emails and things and our rest you know who own restaurants and and things like this. But to go beyond that and to start to find uh, find student emails, we're really struggling to. So we've used. Facebook groups that are interested in wine and we've posted there but we do know that of course Facebook ad, not Facebook ads but Facebook uh, posts get to like 5% of people. so potentially people don't even see them but we've kind of used Facebook as a, a means to kind of put posts there. but that's really a struggle is we're you know to try to find uh, emails to- And
2: to go really straight, we have a 50,000 40,000 e profiled emails. We have like with all the, our things, uh, maybe thirty thousand followers, forty thousand followers, three hundred videos, four hundred winemakers that follow us. Uh, we have emails of a lot of students and so on. Uh, we have nine hundred wine club members, so we have affiliate programs. How do we create? At the moment, we do two, three inscri- subscription per day. How do we make it five, six, seven per day? I don't think it's impossible. You know, maybe I get in touch with this the digital marketing smart guys, and they say and they tell me so terrible things. And we do this, this you know, we pay this money that brings nowhere, and at the, at the end they're just using our main list. You know, I've oh, seen I, I gave you 70 members of the wine club with a my campaign. Yeah, but that was my contact, not yours. You didn't do anything. You just sent an email. So, that was on, actually I'm um, talking about an, an experience.
3: So, well, cl- clarify what what our issue was also. We really wanted to reach out and try to find we used a company to, that created a funnel for us and they promised that they were going to have all these great results we told them to focus on non-risholi contacts so they were focusing on bringing in new gen, you know new lead generation for us uh, unfortunately that didn't work out so well but the one of the worst things about a lot of these digital marketing groups and such is that they we have a brand that has authenticity that is probably the best thing we have going it, it is sure the best thing we have going for us and we don't want to sell this and so that's really really important to us going forward with with a marketing strategy is to not fall into a a mass promoted product like coca-cola and someone who's selling t-shirts and things like this so we really were trying to you know promote our wine club in the eu to other people that didn't know us also because the eu is much easier for us to ship in case anything ever happens with uh, import export with U.S. We were a little bit more protected, so trying to develop this concept in the EU is really important to us as well.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense, and this is a good action step for the listener out there who uh, may have some experience with the marketing. Create a marketing plan and outline what these guys should do. You, you just lay it all out there. This is do this first month, you know, second month. They've got this year plan. You heard about some of the pitfalls that they faced in the past. You heard about the budget that they have and the authenticity, things that they're aiming to accomplish. So take that and, and create a plan for uh, these guys. We are
3: also interviewing for this. So it may be a position that we could even hire from. We are willing to even work abroad with somebody. We're not necessarily focused on working with an Italian only. To, to They don't have to be local. Uh, but that's something that we're interested in possibly is hiring someone for maybe a three, four month period of time to really uh, work beside us and strategize uh, on e-commerce and and marketing strategies.
0: Yeah, I want to bring in something now. This isn't something you guys have to do, but maybe from talking about the advantages, you know, we could get, get somewhere interesting. And, you know, one big trend right now is is podcasting itself, right? We're on a podcast right now. Chris and I have a podcast. I run a group where we talk about starting and growing podcasts as well. And the the interesting thing about podcasting um, is that you, you can have a lot of advantages at the same time without, uh, without a lot of expense. It's Like it's like a, it's like its own advantage. Like we were telling you before we started the show, it's like, Oh, what is this part of what's the major business? We're like, well, we're kind of just doing it for free because we get to meet you, you know, you're awesome. And we have a great excuse to drink a glass of wine and have a good conversation about business and, And so one thing that I keep thinking back to in this, that you want to sort of be an influencer even more, you already are a little bit of an influencer within your community, be even more of an influencer and actually get attraction. Like, so people feel like they have a reason to pay attention and a reason to engage with you. And those are two great things uh, that you can get out of podcast, right? You can say, Hey, yeah, I know you, you have a restaurant, you know me, I know you, but instead of just saying, Hey, I've got this thing, go just. Log in and do something non-interactive and try it out. Come, let's have a conversation. You know, we'll record it and we'll put it out there for other people who are working on their business. You know, and you can share whatever insights that are that are going on for you with wine, with business, the pandemic, all this stuff. And then it it the audience then can also participate. And that's that's again, we've been experimenting with. It hasn't worked as much in this. A project, but in other projects, I'll actually have a bunch of people in on a Zoom call. You know, we have like 50 to 100 people on a Zoom call, and they're just kind of enjoying nerding out on whatever topic it is, just kind of being there, having a place to, um, to hang out. and And it gives you an excuse to meet and brainstorm and determine the future of the industry really with other people that you respect. And also, have that influence where other people go, that's great. And then beyond that, if the people who are watching and uh, as participants find value in it, it can be a source of revenue. And this becomes what people are talking about. So I don't know if I'm not telling you guys to start a podcast, although you know it's really fun to talk with you on a podcast, but maybe there's some lessons to learn from that um, to bring to the community.
1: I, I think an even simpler way of starting that, I think that would be a, a great thing to get through, but you can even start a uh, Instagram or YouTube series where it's Alessandro drinks Yellowtail or Alessandro drinks whatever this bottle of wine. Uh, not the entire thing. I don't know how fast to drink wine. <laughs> Alessandro's <laughs> not, not going to drink Yellowtail, Chris. You've already established <laughs> <I know>. this. <laughs> but no, I mean, well, you start up, but you do that and then you can explain, okay, this is, I'm taking the sip. This is what I'm thinking as I'm drinking. This is what I'm noticing. And you have that so that people are seeing that experience. And if you want to get more of this, you want to learn how to appreciate wine the way that alessandro appreciates it join us at community.wine you'll it's completely free you'll get this palette and be able to understand uh, what you should be looking for when you're drinking wine Uh, so one question that i wanted to ask you is overall who is the ideal person who's going to come into community.wine ah that's a good question Uh, i can
3: tell you who it would be a person like myself so I was studying wine without a compass. I was basically just assuming that if I took more classes and gained more technical knowledge and more um, more understanding of wine, that that was the answer. It took me coming to Italy to really understand really what wine could be all about. And to me, wine has just been the medium for me to understand things on a deeper level. So for his, you know, history, for example, for me was it was hard for me to place things, but when I started to learn more about wine and when uh, you know with Hitler, what he was doing with wine back in World War II, suddenly other things started making sense for me. But I used wine as the medium and the vehicle. So I think someone who's just curious, who's who likes wine, who has passion for wine, but maybe isn't doesn't have passion for the alcohol in it, like which is which was where I was, I didn't care so much about getting drunk or anything like that. I just found that behind wine, there was story. There was uh, a way to travel differently. There was, it brought you to a countryside. And so people who are curious and who love wine, but know that there's something more behind it, but they just don't know what it is. That's kind of the person.
2: What happened with Hitler and
3: so on? Hitler was
2: a (sighs) non-drinker. Hitler didn't drink alcohol at all.
3: So that's a
2: good, that's a good point to promote our wine club.
3: Neither
0: neither do uh, some other influential uh, political figures. Um, I would, uh, or at least claim, uh, let's say, so I just wanted to say, um, gosh, what was it? Oh, well, instead of taking this direction of saying who is the ideal client for um, community.wine, question who is already, like, who's the most enthusiastic of everyone there? Is there one person? Is there five people? like uh, you know who are the people that are already there and what are the defining characteristics? you have any thoughts on that?
3: Uh, a few of the people that show up more frequently, uh, we have a few of our wine club members that became community members. We also have a, a group of winemakers. There's probably about five or six winemakers that consistently post on there and uh, respond. but um, I don't know that I could profile them more more specifically. Nope
2: we need to say community That's, wine at the moment is a kind of a strange dark dead place i mean it's not really working i mean there are a thousand two hundred people getting there but there's not really a lot of interaction uh how
0: well do you know those those five to six winemakers that post
2: know a lot. they're all friends we, are. So we We have like at least uh, i would say 70 80 winemakers that you know we became friends roshani is a big name they We've been selling a lot of their wines during the years. They came here tons of times. We have a winemaker week here coming here usually. at the rest of the- yeah. Not in this time maybe, but actually from this, from next Sunday, yes. Every week there will be a winemaker here. So they're all friends.
0: I think you've got a great opportunity actually to, to not focus on the people who need to learn about wine as much as the the winemakers. You've already got relationships with them. Yeah. Other other nice factor, although there may be some variation in this in the pandemic, but is that they're, they're winemakers, you know, so they're already invested in a large project, project. So in terms of monetizing a community, if you did want to monetize a community like that to say, oh, hey, there's a subscription to be part of this group and it's 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever it is, it doesn't sound like a lot to a winemaker who has a vineyard and they're paying, you know, thousands of tens of thousands of dollars a month and whatever mortgages on the property or something like that. So it might be interesting to see like who's there already, who's already has like kind of like, an ex- again, it may be small, but an excitement enough to say, I wanted to put some posts up here. Why did you want to put some posts up here? What was your goal? Oh, maybe I wanted to, even if it was the goal of putting posts there to get people to try and drink their wines And maybe you're not attracting those people to the site anymore, but maybe you're kind of creating this sort of community with them and saying, hey, we're going to meet, we're going to have this wine community, we're going to open to the public, other people can join, that we're going to start to work together to become the influencers in this market. And it will be a no brainer for you to pay to be part of this community um, or contribute to it or whatever the ask is from them because of the value you're going to get out of the kind of group, the group effort of it, you know, the group
1: output. So, in the interest of uh, creating some tension here, I'm going to disagree completely with Ethan on on that recommendation. I'm going to have I'm going to pour myself another glass. I know you're going to need it for this (laughs) smackdown. I'm going (laughs) to put on you the what Ethan is describing there is is a little bit of creating a two sided marketplace where you have both the the winemakers coming in and the uh, aspiring students who are going to learn from each other and the winemakers can sell to those students so the winemakers may pay some money to be part of that community. I think that it would make more sense to uh, focus almost exclusively on the aspiring students and try and get them into your wine club directly. And you've already... Um, in our pre-interview call, I was surprised that you didn't highlight this more, but uh, during the the videos for community.wine, part of the educational content, it, you really benefit from having the wines that are part of your club as you're going through the learning material in community.wine. So there's a certain percentage of people who are just going to want to do it, a large percentage of people that just want to do it for free. Uh, but some people who, who are really getting into it are going to want to order the wine and uh, learn more—that
3: was you cool. know, hands-on
1: with the real material. Real, that was the right? goal. So yeah, was no.
3: exactly to. Do long. you? Exactly.
1: What percentage of people who are members of Community.Wine start out in Community and then become a subscriber of the club? I have no clue. Zero. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we
3: well, us. you said oh, it was the, some percent- of the,
0: it was the other way around, right? Our- some of the subscribers became members of the of the community, it's right? It's a
3: two-way street, opposite, so no, right? no, actually, it's it's kind of a circle. So some of our, as soon as someone becomes a wine club member, they get an automated MailChimp, um, an automation basically that comes out that tells them that we have this community and there's a wine school where they can learn more about the wines that are in the wine club. And on the opposite side of that, Fabio Amore, one of our, our most recent wine club signups was a heavily active community member who just signed up for the wine club. So it actually be a goal. (laughs) One for sure. No, no, I need to try to find a way to get into MailChimp to figure out. We had a
2: 78. I personally, to me, I perceive that in a complex business like ours, sometimes we see these waves coming, boom, of things, of people. We don't know where they come from. We try to track them. And maybe there was an article, like, for example, it happened, an article on New York Times or Carbonara with Salumeria. So that one actually gave a lot of, you know, or Anthony Bourdain, that came at Rimessa, for example, like 10 years ago, that boom, at a certain point I received this with. But most of the time, I think it's a complex amount of things. We did community wine, we did some videos, 12 articles came out with the different newspaper in, in Italy, and we had this affiliate program. So.
1: One uh, positioning idea that jumps to mind for me is, uh, especially now during this pandemic, it's very topical to have uh, a replacement date night. right? My wife and I we can't we're not going to go out to a restaurant as we, uh, as we did before, but if we have a, a nice bottle of wine and we have this video to guide us through the experience, it's almost a replacement uh, sommelier that we can do anytime, uh, that sort of positioning is attractive. And if you can sell it as, you know, you have six dates. Uh, a husband who doesn't do well at planning dates, here's six that you have that are uh, pre-planned for you that we're going to guide you. We'll give you some advice on the food to order during this time too. And you have that entire thing planned. Uh, Your wife is going to love it. Uh, The concept that comes to mind for me as you're describing the community.wine and the wine club is the, the flywheel. Uh, jim collins concept, where you have a, a positive feedback loop where more members in one group feeds more members in the other and it just continues that's on that's uh, there may be opportunities to find out from those individuals what is it that turned you over the edge sure. right and and that's individual conversations with those people they would love the chance to talk to the two of you right if they if they haven't already had that opportunity the people who are most engaged in community.wine, they would love the chance to have a 15-minute a uh, personalized consultation. <laughs> yeah, and you I'm just gonna, understand. I'm going to
2: call people. No, I was thinking about to do uh, a, a tasting challenge. Involve all our uh, wine club members to open a bottle of the wine club all together. I need to see which platform can do it, but to try to do the biggest tasting biggest ever.
0: Like That'd having 300 awesome. people yeah.
2: all over the world at the same time talking about the wine club and everything. That was the thing. Yeah.
1: You can do that on Zoom. That You can have yeah. up to 300 people right there. People are looking for... So this is an incredible opportunity. People are looking for social connection opportunities. They don't have the ability to go out and do a wine tasting with a bunch of strangers. They, they like to go with their friends, but they don't have the opportunity to do that. I know early on in the pandemic, we would play games online, but that got boring relatively quickly. If you gave me the chance to do a wine tasting with... Six of my friends all across the country, and we can come in together, and we can you know sit the wine and you talk us through it. Uh, that could be a premium thing that you do. You you could have a free version, but you could have you could charge a decent amount for that.
0: So depending on how tech you want to go. First of all, if you if you wanted to set something up as on Zoom, sell tickets, get people to sign up. I've had a little bit to drink, but I'll, I'll help you guys with that if you need help uh, because I've been setting up online, online meetings. So I don't think I'll go back on that. But um, what I wanted to add, though, is depending on how deep you want to get into sort of the technical cutting edge, right? And for the listener, it might be interesting to hear what some of the possibilities are. Um, there's a software that is just, it may not even go anywhere. It's so fresh. Um, it's really cheap at the moment. It's called Topia.io. It's like Zoom, but people can go and congregate in little groups. And that is actually really cheap at the moment because they just invented it. It's not super high quality in terms of the video, but it doesn't really matter because of the sort of interesting factor. So that's what I was thinking about with Chris saying like, oh, I want to have a little group of people, my friends, but you could have a group where there's like, thousands of people, but his group of five friends could go over and do their wine tasting together, but then come back to like a main group to listen to
1: what you had to say about it, which is kind of interesting. The other thing that comes to mind for me here is I I hate to use the term influencer marketing, but I wonder how often if you were to send a case of of this wine to certain celebrities, if you send it to a hundred of them, so you're almost guaranteed to get one hit and they have a million followers. And you, I I don't know if that, that we thought pays about, out, we thought but about it, yeah.
3: We're, we're considering yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't know how to yeah. necessarily reach the celebrities exactly, but. um You
1: know who jumps the, the first person that jumps to mind, he's not super, he's not maybe a, the celebrity, but uh the San Antonio Spurs coach, look him up. Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich. He has an incredible palate. He's very okay. famous for that. He'll go and buy hundreds of thousands of dollars of wine at, at any restaurant. So if you could get one of his players, uh, Chris Paul is probably connected to someone like that. If you can get back in front of him and get in front of Greg Popovich, you were you were on your way. <laughs> You're already on your way. Um, so
0: I gotta have to ask this for our for for our listener who is. You know, we're we're more in the business realm, right? And Gary V is kind of oh, the yeah. first person that comes to mind when I think of like wine, business, all this oh, stuff. Yeah. And I don't even know what he looks like from the perspective of an actual, you know, restaurant, actual people dealing with wine. A database is—is that somebody that you you would seek to align yourselves with, or you wouldn't even bother? Gary Vanderschuk,
3: yeah, um, Gary, yeah, so. I mean, he's viral, of course. He's got a, a different way of speaking about wine that's a, a, probably more in alignment with us than a lot of other people are. Even uh, Madeline uh, Phuket from from uh, Wine Folly. I mean, Wine Folly is maybe not our, our exact, they're a bit more like Wine 101. They're great for kind of really early on people that are interested in just really starting with the basics. But she does some playful things with her video. She was licking rocks to describe how, you know, the taste of rocks, literally like (laughs) licking rocks and describing it. But yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's got a, he could be an interesting, he's got a business sense. I don't know if he, I think he has his own wine club though. So there may be, I mean, in terms of him promoting us, I don't know that there might be a a conflict of interest there, but he's, he's a guy that if you can get him speaking about your thing, he's got a big following of. I
0: mean, just, just to, spitball a little bit further on like the biggest wine tasting in the world right ever yeah, now, right. The online first and biggest online wine tasting right it's like featuring you know you guys uh right. gary v yeah. um madeline Pucat, you know and then they each come up and they bring a wine or two right. and they offer them to the people and then not only does each of each one of them bring some attention to the event. Um, but you get to cross pollinate exactly. each other's message lists and, nice. and audiences and and if you're a yeah, virtual you sum huge like right that, now.
1: Yeah. We are coming up on time here. We're over time actually. Okay. So we really appreciate the conversation <laughs> with you guys. It's a huge opportunity. Of course, you can feel that passion coming from you. So the listener out there who agrees with this, uh, take some action, create that business plan for these guys. What are some of the things that they can do to grow the wine club, grow community.wine and you know, make it through this pandemic better than before and be that tip of the spear when it comes to Italian winemaking and an appreciation of food, this vision that Lindsay and, and Alessandro are describing here. Thank you guys very much for the conversation. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you very much. Hi, see you for the biggest tasting in the world, okay?
1: I'm so excited for it. It'll be a ton of fun. And next time we'll have better wine than uh, (laughs) Yellowtail. To the listener out there, thanks for joining us. We'll see you back with our regularly scheduled programming next week. And until then, run with some business ideas.